The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security. 24-7 professional monitoring is just 15 bucks a month. Go to simplysafe.com slash Costa to get 10% off your system or pick it up today at your local Best Buy. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome listeners joining us coast-to-coast on affiliate radio stations across the GCN network in all 50 states. And also give a special shout-out to members of our armed forces who are tuning in over the Internet, as well as thousands of volunteers and professionals helping with the recovery efforts in Texas and Florida and surrounding areas. We thank you for your your tremendous sacrifice and service. In just a moment, former White House ethics lawyer for President George W. Bush and current professor of law at the University of Minnesota, Mr. Richard Painter, will be joining the program to discuss and give us an update on the lawsuit filed against President Trump for violating the Constitution's emoluments clause. What exactly is the emoluments clause? And more importantly, is it possible to prove that tangible, measurable damage has resulted from violating that clause? We're going to get the answers to those questions and more during the next hour when the man, President Obama's own ethics chief, called the number one scholar in the country on government ethics, Richard Painter, joins the program. But before Mr. Painter steps behind the mic, as is my custom each week... Let me tell you a little about his background. Richard Painter was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and grew up in Kansas City and Champaign, Illinois. He earned his undergraduate degree from Harvard University and law degree from Yale. Following law school, Painter clerked for Judge John T. Noonan of the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit and practiced at Sullivan and Cromwell and later Finn Dixon and Hurling. From 2002 to 2005, he taught law at the University of Illinois College of Law before being tapped as White House ethics lawyer in the George W. Bush administration, a position he served until 2007. Painter then joined the faculty of the University of Minnesota where he teaches corporate law. And I would be remiss if I did not add that Mr. Painter is vice chairman of CREW, which stands for Citizens for Responsible Ethics in Washington, an organization which has filed a lawsuit against President Trump for a conflict of interest between advancing his personal business assets and his responsibilities as president of the United States. It's my pleasure to welcome to the Costa Report, former White House Ethics Council, Professor Richard Painter. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Painter. Thank you. Thank you. I, I mentioned earlier that you are the vice chairman of CREW, an organization that's comprised of lawyers and citizens from the full political spectrum, which filed a lawsuit against President Trump earlier this year. So I thought maybe a good place to start today would be to attack some of the misreporting surrounding that lawsuit and ask you to explain the basis for the suit. Well, the uh, Monuments Clause of the Constitution uh, is a provision that prohibits uh, any person holding a position of trust with the United States government uh, from accepting a present or an emolument. And an emolument means a profit or benefit from a foreign government. And that includes an entity controlled by a foreign government, such as a, a, a bank controlled by a foreign government or a sovereign wealth fund. Uh, in the business world globally, there's a lot of money sloshing around from foreign governments and entities controlled by foreign governments. And the Trump business empire has dealings uh, with those governments. Uh, the Bank of China uh, has loans, very, very large loans outstanding to the uh, Trump business empire. Foreign sovereign wealth funds may be dealing with the Trump businesses and various projects around the world. We don't know. That's one of the things we're trying to find out in this lawsuit. 
And then we, of course, know about the foreign governments that uh, book uh, rooms in the Trump hotels, and a lot more so since the election. And then they book the ballrooms and have a big party and invite a bunch of government officials over to the party. And, and of course, all that money goes into the president's pocket. And the founders, when they drafted the Constitution, were well aware of this problem that foreign governments would try to pay off United States government officials through various business dealings or presents and so forth. And that's why we've got the emoluments clause in there. It's a word with a Latin root, emolumentum. They all studied Latin in those days. The educated people all studied Latin. So it makes sense they use the English word with the Latin root. If we drafted the Constitution today, we might call it the payola clause. But I think it's the same thing. I mean, they, they understood the rest of foreign governments would would uh, set up business deals with U.S. government officials. They just said, no, you're working for the United States government. You're not doing business deals. You're not making money. You're not getting presents from foreign governments. Uh, and uh, we are concerned that President Trump has not addressed this problem within the Trump business empire. Uh, and so we've asked a federal judge in New York to, to look at the finances of the Trump business empire, look at its tax returns, look at the corporate tax returns for the various entities, uh, look at the other books and records, and find out what foreign government money is in there, read the Constitution, and tell him what he can have and what he can't have. Now, Sherry Dillon, who is one of Trump's uh, counsel, uh, has said that that's not what the Constitution is saying. And in fact, uh, those profits are going to Trump's businesses, not to him directly. Do you see a distinction there? Well, I, I think that's uh, a misinterpretation of the Constitution is say, well, gee, if the Constitution says I can't have the money, all I need to do is set up a wholly owned corporation and have my emoluments go into the wholly owned corporation. Might as well call it a Monuments Inc. and have all the foreign governments <laughs> send the payoffs there. That that doesn't make any sense. I don't think the judge is going to buy that theory. I noticed uh, there was a report this week that President Trump awarded a multi-million dollar contract to a firm owned by the Chinese government to help build part of the Trump World Golf Club in Dubai. Is that an example of what you're concerned about? Well, that's the type of business dealing. Uh, of course, uh, they're, they're paying the Chinese, this company owned by the Chinese government to build a golf course. But uh, the problem you get in these dealings with foreign governments is there could be a value-added transaction there where the Trump organization is making, making money, getting a sweetheart deal. Uh, and therefore, uh, you know, we're, that's exactly the type of contract we're asking the court to take a look at and ask the question once again, is the uh, Trump organization deriving a profit or benefit from the dealings with a foreign government? And the profit or benefit could be a, a better golf course. Uh, and that's, that's, that's exactly what the judge needs to, to find out. But is doing business with a foreign company or government the same as bribery? I think in many listeners' minds, these feel like separate things. We tend to think of bribery as some payment or expensive gift given to a politician. So how does business equate with bribery from a legal perspective? Well, bribery is an express quid pro quo. I, I will do certain things in the government in return for a payment of cash or anything else of value. And that could be from a foreign government, it could be from an American, it could be from an individual, it could be from a corporation. If bribery could be proven, uh, someone would go to jail. We've got a United States senator from New Jersey uh, uh, who's currently being tried for bribery. We're going to see how that works out. It's very difficult to prove the crime of bribery. Mm -hmm. Always has been. And that's what the founders understood when they drafted the Constitution. So they just wanted to have a flat-out prohibition saying, at least with respect to foreign government. Uh, the risk of corruption is too high. We don't want anybody who holds a position of trust in the United States government getting profits or benefits from any deals with foreign governments, any presence from foreign governments. Uh, and that's to prevent these scenarios that could be bribery or look like bribery, uh, but couldn't be prosecuted as such. Uh, uh, at least with the foreign governments, the founders felt the risk of corruption is just way too high. We need a flat-out prohibition on this. Mm -hmm. But, of course, you're talking about when they're in office, because uh, once they get out of office, they can do book deals, movie deals, and whatever. Oh, yes, absolutely. They mm -hmm. can do that. It's when they're in office. Mm -hmm. uh, 
they can't they can't get uh, uh, profits from doing foreign governments. Now, if they're foreign yeah. privately owned entities, they they could without violating the Constitution. Mm-hmm. Now we have to take our first break, but stay where you are. We'll be right back with more from Richard Painter. You're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, whose Brute Cuvée is winning wine awards faster than we can name them. What is it about Caraccioli's Brute Cuvée that sets it apart from others? I really think it comes down to both process and the fruit. Uh, we're in a ideal location to grow Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, and being able to harvest that at optimal pick points in Monterey County, where you have a climate and soils that produce these grapes in the best way possible. Pulling them earlier on, you still get a lot of fruit expression, but you get a lot of acidity, which gives you the opportunity to make killer sparkling wine. And our Brute, being our flagship wine, has everything that's possible when it comes to sparkling wine. You can order any of our products directly from us by visiting our website at caracciolicellars.com or calling the tasting room directly, 831-622-7722. Hi, I'm Joan London with A Place for Mom. Over the years, we've helped thousands of families find senior care, and today's senior living communities have never been better. With amazing amenities like movie theaters, exercise rooms and swimming pools, public cafes, bars and bistros, even pet care services. And nobody understands your options like the advisors at A Place for Mom. These are local expert advisors that will partner with you to find the perfect place and determine the right level of care, whether that's just a helping hand or full-time memory care. Best of all, it's a free service. Call today. A place for mom. You know your family. We know senior living. Together, we'll make the right choice. Call A Place for Mom right now to get our free ebook on financing senior care as well as a free referral for senior living communities in your area. Call 1 800 806 8572. That's 1 800 806 8572. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I am done with my mattress. That's right. I'm not spending another night on this old bag. My new mattress comes today, and this thing is out of here. Bye-bye, Mattress. Yep, bye-bye, Mattress. So says you and about a thousand other people every day. And that's a lot of old mattresses with no place to go. There's the landfill, of course, where they just take up space. But what a waste. Because you could send it to a mattress recycler, where old mattresses get broken down into steel, foam, wood, and fiber that become new steel, carpet padding, home insulation, garden mulch, biomass fuel, locomotive oil filters, and all kinds of other great stuff. So Bye Bye Mattress is right. But don't toss it. Recycle it. It's easy. And it's free. To find a mattress recycler in your area, visit ByeByeMattress.com.
Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is former White House Ethics Counsel, Mr. Richard Painter. And before we took our break, you were pointing out that the emoluments clause is designed to prevent individuals who hold public office from personally benefiting while they are in office and is also designed to defend against foreign influence. Now, Before our interview today, I received a lot of emails from listeners who felt that the lawsuit smacks of some liberal agenda to discredit or remove President Trump from office. What do you say to folks who feel the lawsuit is politically motivated? Well, this isn't going to remove him from office unless the federal courts tell him he's got to do something or not do something, and he refuses to do it. Uh, We're not asking that he be removed from office at all. This isn't a liberal or conservative cause. This is something that the founders decided when they draft the Constitution. They don't want foreign governments trying to influence our elected or or, uh, appointed officials. No one who holds a position with the United States government can accept the profits and benefits from dealing with foreign governments. Uh, And uh, so this is something I think conservatives and liberals and moderates can all agree on. And uh, uh, we're just asking the judge to take a look at the Trump business empire, what he's got, and and, uh, and tell him what he can have and what he can't have. And, And the fact that he's He's a Republican, or today he's talking about compromising some of the Democrats, so a bunch of uh, far-right wingers are all upset. I mean, that, that's a bunch of noise in the background. Our, our litigation here is about the Constitution and uh, getting the courts to interpret the Constitution. So is one of the real problems is the president's failure to disclose those business dealings? Is part of the lawsuit designed to make sure that all of that information comes forward? Well, that, that is a problem. He has not disclosed the underlying financial structure of a lot of the privately held entities that he uh, owns, even if he owns 100% of these entities. We're not told where they're borrowing their money. They could be borrowing it from Citibank, or they could be borrowing it from uh, someone outside the United States. And, and we have no idea, and that's something that ought to be disclosed. We get some of that information from the tax returns, but he's not willing to disclose the tax returns. Uh, so we're at least, uh, you know, we're going to ask a federal judge to take a look at it. At least the, the court ought to know and, and determine whether uh, what he's got there, what it's coming in the door, if, uh, if any of it is from foreign governments, whether it complies with the Constitution or not. Can a federal court, I, I'm not a lawyer, clearly, but can a federal court compel President Trump to reveal that information? Well, I think a federal court could tell him to comply with the Constitution. Um so if the federal court uh, uh, looks at the information, I think they definitely could compel him to reveal the information to the court. I, I don't see. think the court would necessarily require it to be released publicly. But if the court felt there was a serious issue, uh, the court would ask to see the underlying uh, books and records of the Trump organization and see where the money's coming from. If there's something coming in from a foreign government, uh, you know, whether it's Russia or anywhere else, they're going to tell the, the president what he can have, what he can't. I will emphasize, I think a lot of this is information that Robert Mueller probably already has, at least if he's doing his job. But his function is different. His job is to find out whether crimes have been committed. The objective here is to find out if the Constitution has been complied with and to just simply tell the president what he has to do to comply with the Constitution. So when will Crew present its case? Well, we're going to have a preliminary, we're going to have a, a, a hearing in October. But it's up to the judge, up to the court, to decide what the schedule is going to be. And the Justice Department is um, is uh, defending this case on behalf of the president because this is a lawsuit in his official capacity, asking that he do his job as president in accordance with the Constitution. Uh, so this may, may take a while. We'll see what happens. So help us understand what actually has to be proven in this case. Do you simply have to prove that a conflict of interest exists, or do you also have to prove that there's been tangible damage to the United States of America as a result of that conflict of interest? Do you have to do both? Well, I think with respect to the substance of legal argument, is he in violation of the Constitution or not? Uh, what it's about is reading the Constitution, uh, the emoluments clause of the Constitution, determining what is an emolument what the founders meant when they prohibited uh, anyone working for the United States government, including the president, from accepting an emolument from foreign government. What is meant by an emolument? The Justice Department is extremely narrow. 
interpretation of, the, of that term uh, that we think forecloses a lot of what the founders intended uh, and also the dictionary definition of an emolument in the 18th century when the Constitution was drafted. This is really a matter of, uh, of constitutional interpretation, not determining uh, whether there's any damage to the United States or uh, any particular conflict of interest or any effect on uh, government policy. It's either a monument that's prohibited or it's not. Is a foreign dignitary staying in a hotel room, paying fair market value in a hotel room, is that an emolument? It probably is. I mean, business dealings uh, with foreign governments, whether foreign government is paying for a hotel room or the ballroom or lending money, for example, the Bank of China, lending very large amounts of money to the Trump organization, all of that uh, is uh, a profit derived from dealings with foreign governments. Now, we'd see what, we've got to see what the court says the president would need to do. The court could say, well, that money you should you turn over to the United States government or not accept payment from a foreign government. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what the, what the court says about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just trying to understand uh, what would Trump's remedies be? Uh, I think you've come out and said putting simply putting the hotels in a blind trust would not be sufficient in your view. Is that right? Well, yeah, I think you'd have to, if you put them in a blind trust, you actually have to sell the hotel. Uh, he'd have to sell the hotel or give the hotel or sell it to his grown children. That would solve the constitutional problem. Um, he can't own the hotel and have the hotel dealing with foreign government, making money dealing with foreign governments. Uh, there are other potential solutions. We have to see what the court uh, would accept uh, if the court agrees with our view that these payments are emoluments. And I say it's about a lot more than just hotel rooms. We're, a lot of this, what we're interested in is the capital structure and the financing of the Trump business empire. How dependent is this Trump business empire on money that's being loaned by foreign governments or entities controlled by foreign governments? Uh, so we need to find out the facts first. And uh, then but what the would be a remedy if he? Yeah, what what would be a remedy if he owned hundreds of millions of dollars to a Chinese bank? I mean, what's the remedy to that? Well, that loan could be restructured and do that loan with another bank that's not a Chinese government-owned bank. If it's a private bank, that does not violate the Miamis Clause. So he could borrow money from Deutsche Bank, and that doesn't violate the Miamis Clause, so long as the foreign government hasn't guaranteed that loan. Now, that's something we, we do want the court to look into, because he has a whole bunch of loans from Deutsche Bank and make sure the foreign government isn't guaranteeing the loans. But... Yeah, so a bunch of these financings involve foreign governments could be restructured. It's not that difficult. He's the author of the book, The Art of the Deal. So I, I think he could he could work <laughs> a way around this problem if he wanted to. I see. So you, you, you basically want the courts to provide some instructions to President Trump as to how he would not violate the Constitution. And then you have uh, complete confidence that he would figure out a way <laughs> to implement the yeah. court's instructions. Yes, we'll, we'll call it the art of the constitutional. <laughs> well, I think that I hear a book in the making, Mr. Painter. Uh, the, constitu- the art of the constitutional deal, I love it. We're going to take another short intermission, but stay with us. We'll, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Costa Report. If you're a fan of big ideas and thinking, then you're going to want to sink your teeth into On the Verge. Jim Lehrer, John Scully, Alan Dershowitz, and dozens of business and government leaders from the full political spectrum have given On the Verge their highest reviews. And you can help drive the book to the top of the bestseller list by ordering On the Verge from Amazon right now. Our goal is to distribute 25,000 copies before the official release date. By placing your order for On the Verge right now, you'll help us beat that number. We need every listener to go to Amazon.com and order On the Verge as quickly as you can. And while you're at Amazon, order first edition gift copies of On the Verge for friends and family because they won't last long. On the Verge, on sale now at Amazon.com. That's On the Verge at Amazon.com. I'm Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. 
When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T, time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Women now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. The majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops, the rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you're left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Yeah, you, it's me, your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious, and yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active. But lately, you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever, but you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Richard Painter. So let me ask you this. Is there any such thing as a government leader who doesn't at some level have a conflict of interest? Uh, and I'm not just talking about foreign conflicts of interest, but if you have a stock portfolio or a brother-in-law or wife who does business in China, or you stay at a hotel owned by a government leader in Dubai, or even if you're invested in a home and other property in a particular area or state, these could all be conflicts of interest. And it's kind of hard for leaders today to divest themselves of every conflict of interest, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so there are many, many different types of conflicts of interest. Some are legally prohibited uh, and others are not. Uh, the emolument clause prohibits a particular type of conflict of interest, which is profits and benefits from dealings with foreign governments and uh, presence from foreign governments. Uh, we have other statutes, uh, provisions of the United States Code, uh, that prohibit other conflicts of interest. So it don't apply to the president and the vice president, but everyone else in the executive branch. It's subject to a criminal statute that makes it a crime to participate in a government matter that affects your own financial holdings or those of your spouse. And that would not go so far as to reach your brother-in-law or your parents or your grown children's assets. Uh, but uh, if you did something that affected your own financial position uh, or that of your spouse, that would be committing a crime if you're an executive branch. Except for that is a provision that doesn't apply to the president or the vice president. So some conflicts of interest are illegal, others are not. I mean, we have, of course, this campaign finance system, which is a cesspool of conflicts of interest, and the Supreme Court has made it very difficult to regulate that. 
so we certainly have not used the law to eliminate all conflicts of interest. Far from it. Uh, but when there are laws that prohibit certain conflicts of interest, they need to be followed, and that includes the mind clause of the Constitution. So, so tell us a little bit about what happens if this lawsuit fails. What would be the next step? Well, we would say what the court says. If the court dismisses the lawsuit, we see what reasons the court dismisses the lawsuit and then appeal. Uh, but we'll see where this uh, ends up. Mm-hmm. It's likely to be successful. Yeah. Now, I take it that whether the lawsuit succeeds or fails, uh, crew will be satisfied by the fact that a federal judge had access and reviewed the president's business dealings with foreign governments. I mean, at, at the at the bottom line is you want you want federal eyes on this. Well, yes, and we do hope the court will do that. I mean, there is the question of whether we have standing to bring the lawsuit. The court is going to address that. We believe we do have standing under the law in the Second Circuit in New York, uh, but uh, it's up to the court to decide that question as well. There are two other fairly similar suits uh, uh, one brought by the Attorney General of the State of Maryland uh, and the Attorney General of the District of Columbia. Another brought by a bunch of members of the House, United States House and Senate. And they are making different arguments for standing in front of the court, but making very similar substantive arguments to our uh, argument with respect to the interpretation of the Miami's Clause. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what the uh, courts do with all three of these cases, which are all three of them pending in separate federal district courts. You can see how, for Trump supporters, that feels like uh, three separate suits ganging up on the same <laughs> same issue. Um, uh, what would you say to them where they say, look, you know, why, why are all these lawsuits going after Trump? Let's just have one consolidated lawsuit. What do you, what do you say to that? Well, that's, uh, if the courts decide that all three sets of plaintiffs have standing, they could try to consolidate these lawsuits. But we're not at that stage yet. Uh, President Trump, his position in these lawsuits is being defended by the United States Department of Justice. Uh, so he's got DOJ on his side on this in mm-hmm. the litigation uh, simply because he's president, not necessarily because people DOJ agree with his position. Uh, he's entitled to that. And I think it's important uh, for the re- resources to be used here uh, on both sides to make sure that the president is complying with the United States Constitution. Mm-hmm. And what is the DOJ's counter-argument? Uh, well, they argue that none of the plaintiffs have standing. Of course, they'd like the court not to even address the substantive law. Um, and then their second argument is that uh, the um, Monuments Clause only covers gifts from foreign governments and payments that are made um, by foreign governments to a United States government official in connection with an office, in connection with a position held in the government, uh, which is somewhat strange as to why the founders would have contemplated that the only way foreign governments would uh, pay off United States government officials would be through payments connection with their office directly as opposed to various side deals, which is what we're talking about. Or through a business, as you point out, it might be, you know, there might be one or two steps before uh, the payment or the benefit reaches the government official. Unfortunately, we are just about out of time. So let me take this opportunity to thank you for taking time to speak to us today and for your public service. Thank you, Professor Painter. Thank you so much for inviting me. Before we take our station break, I want to alert you to something that I recently learned from the FBI. The average property loss from one home burglary is $2,316. And that is just the average, folks. Plus, when you tally up all the burglaries across the country, the loss adds up to billions. With so much to lose, I want you to protect your home and the people you love in the same way that I safeguard my own. Get the Simply Safe system. It protects every door and window in your home with sensors and also includes a state-of-the-art motion detector and a blaring alarm designed to scare off any intruder and send your neighbors running right over. And the best news is the system is wireless, so thieves can't cut the wire to your security system. And you don't need to drill any holes in the wall to install it. It took me about 25 minutes to install my system on all my doors and windows. And anyone who's been listening listening to this program for any period of time knows that I am not handy with tools. I am the first to admit it. 
In addition to being easy to install, the system gives you 24-7 around-the-clock protection with the local police who are dispatched as soon as the alarm goes off and you don't answer your phone with your password. Where else are you going to get this kind of peace of mind and police protection for just $15 a month? Look, I want to be honest with you. No one thinks that they're going to be the home that burglars pick. Nobody thinks that. But you know that if you don't have a security system, you've increased your odds of being targeted. So go to simplysafe.com slash Costa, C-O-S-T-A, and take advantage of a 10% discount when you order today. Or go to your local Best Buy and check out the system for yourself. See if what I'm telling you isn't true. You can have your home protected by tonight. That's simplysafe.com slash Costa for 10% off. Please, protect your family, your pets, your home. Get the Simply Safe system and rest easy like I do. Every time I set the alarm, I think about the fact that it's only costing me $15 a month, which is nothing to keep my home safe and to keep my family safe. And that's about as worthwhile an investment as you're ever going to come across. So, you know, if you're choosing between having lunch out next week and paying $15 to have police responsiveness in case someone breaks into your home. And, you know, if if you've been listening to the program, you know that a few months back, I walked into my house and my back door was wide open. And it was a door I know I had closed and locked. Now, I hate to think of what would have happened if one of my children or I had come home and interrupted a burglary in process. It's just not a pleasant thought. And that is when I discovered the Simply Safe system. And for $15 a month, I'll tell you that, uh, boy, there's nothing that I would rather spend my money on uh, than the protection of my family and my home. Your home is your, is your safe place, right? It, everybody deserves the right to feel safe in their own home. And I will tell you, there is nothing scarier than coming home and finding the back door wide open. So go to simplysafe.com slash Costa, get your 10% off, and this weekend, or even tomorrow, put the system in and get peace of mind. We have to take another break, but we'll be back after these important messages from our sponsors. You're listening to the Costa Report. When I say Italy, what comes to mind? Venice. Capri. Oh my gosh, Capri was marvelous. The views, the cliffside views, or traveling to Sorrento. Pirello Tours. Oh, Pirello Tours, for sure. Pirello. Hi, I'm Steve Pirello of Pirello Tours. With over 70 years of tour experience to Italy, it's no wonder Pirello Tours is synonymous with travel to Italy. I think of the culture. And to walk up to certain areas and touch a wall and think, oh, this wall's like 3,000 years old. Being on a Pirello Tour on our anniversary was better than anything I can remember ever on an anniversary. I personally approve every itinerary to ensure a stress-free, once-in-a-lifetime vacation. Salute! Call now for your free insider's guide to Perillo's Italy. Call in the next 30 minutes and qualify for a $100 gift card when you travel with us. Call 800-897-7176. Are you struggling with addiction or alcohol problems? If you're depressed, drinking, and using drugs, you may need help. And the Affordable Care Act guarantees coverage of substance abuse. I knew I could get myself out of this. I just needed some hope and some help. I took the first step to recovery when I made the call. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. I feel like I'm losing control. I'm afraid I'll lose my job or even my family. Call now for hope and help with proven gentle recovery programs. I never thought that I could be somebody who didn't drink and use drugs. I'm in recovery, getting the help I need. Call the Addiction Hope and Helpline now for a free assessment with someone who cares. Call 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. 800-962-6969. 
It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You gonna finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? Mostly okay. I... (laughs) Sometimes, though. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman! Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hey, America, you need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We've got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America on your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, we have been speaking to former White House ethics lawyer in the George W. Bush administration and current law professor at the University of Minnesota, Richard Painter, who, as you heard, has joined with other ethics lawyers, including President Obama's former ethics counsel, to file a lawsuit against President Trump to force him to divest himself from most of his business dealings. They have cited the Emoluments Clause, which is Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution, which reads as follows. No title of nobility shall be granted by the United States, and no person holding any office of profit or trust under them shall, without the consent of Congress, except of any present emolument, office, or title of any kind, whatever, from any king, prince, or foreign state. Roughly interpreted, this is a constitutional safeguard against bribery, corruption, beholding, and influence from foreign sources. And this is the article on which the crew lawsuit against President Trump is fundamentally based. Now, according to Richard Painter and other ethics lawyers who have filed the lawsuit, the president has to divest himself of his business holdings in order to eliminate a conflict of interest. We're not sure what those business holdings entirely are, but we know they exist. Wherein business hold, uh, wherein what might be good a good policy for the United States might also work against his personal business interests and vice versa. And that's really what people are concerned about. Painter uses the following example as a case in point. If Franklin Roosevelt had Roosevelt Towers in Berlin and Frankfurt and a $350 million revolving loan with Deutsche Bank in Germany on December 1941, what would we, he have done about going to war? Now, I'm going to say that again. If Franklin Roosevelt had Roosevelt Towers in Berlin and Frankfurt and a $350 million revolving loan with Deutsche Bank in Germany on December 1941, what would he have done about going to war? By the same token, President Trump has business interests all around the world, including a new Trump World Golf Club, which he just awarded a multi-million dollar contract to DAMAC, D-A-M-A-C, a construction firm owned and operated by the Chinese government. And by the way, this just happened last week. 
Another example of a conflict painter offers is the president's opposition to wind farms in Aberdeen, Scotland, because they ruin the view from his golf course. The president has also met in the Oval Office with developers and business partners from the Philippines. Crew has documented a lot of infractions similar to this. But they face a steep uphill battle. They're really going to have to prove that these conflicts of interest somehow rose to bribery or corruption and more importantly prove that the United States was in some way harmed or put in harm's way by the president's actions. But how was the U.S. disadvantaged by opposing wind farms in Ireland or by meeting with business partners in the Oval Office or even by dignitaries choosing to stay at Trump hotels? Sure, the president benefits from these things. But that's a lot different from showing that in any way the United States might be harmed or disadvantaged. I'd prefer the Oval Office not be used for commercial or self-serving purposes because I think it demeans the office of the presidency. But I have yet to find a case where what could have been a conflict of interest was a conflict of interest. Do I like the fact that the president won't disclose his business dealings and we don't know who he owes money to or who he might be beholding to? Heck no. Just disclose them. Disclose them and have a federal judge say, well, these are allowed and these you need to make other arrangements for. Why not? But I I have to tell you, I can't point to one instance where a policy or initiative or an action by Trump has benefited him and disadvantaged someone else or the country. I I just can't find it. I can't find any evidence of that. The Emoluments Clause is a protection against bribery and undue influence, but when you really think about it, where are we going to draw the line? If a politician has a retirement plan that has stocks in it, is he or she more likely to forge policy which will benefit them and their stocks? How about if they own a home or have some investment property or if their wife or brother-in-law or children do a lot of business in China or the Middle East or in Europe? If they have a chronically ill family member, are they likely to shape health care reform to cover them? Well, I understand the obvious conflict of interest a successful business person like Donald Trump faces. I, I believe that all leaders have conflicts of interest on many levels. And it's impossible to divest ourselves of all of those. What matters is whether a leader can put America and the greater good ahead of their personal interests. The character of our leaders is what has caused the emoluments cause to remain, uh, clause to remain something most of us have never heard of until now. Most leaders put a big space between their personal interests and their role in government. And that's a good thing. Trump has chosen to hand his businesses off to his children to run on his behalf. And supporters see this as the same thing John Adams did when he left his children to run his farm for him. He wasn't forced to sell the farm. Nor did anyone wonder if he'd make policy which intentionally favored farmers of his kind. And while I'm not saying President Trump is John Adams, I am saying the fact that he's a wealthy individual with lots of global assets and loans and liabilities and he has occupied the White House, does not necessarily mean that he's going to corrupt the office of the presidency or use his office to forward his own coffers. We have had presidents who raised money for their campaigns by allowing donors to sleep in the Lincoln Room, and presidents who took advantage of interns, and presidents who ordered illegal break-ins, and presidents who have been wealthy and owned assets which could have been furthered by corrupt policy. But the balance of power between Congress, the Supreme Court, the Oval Office, and the rule of law have allowed this country to weather all of these pitfalls. And if laws have been broken, then the president should in fact step down. If he has violated the Constitution, he must make it right. But if no laws have been broken, if he has not violated the Constitution, I hope Crew will accept the judgment of the federal court and drop this suit. Let's have one clean ruling and move on. 
Now, before we take our normal break, you know my producers search high and low for sponsors who believe in their products so much that they're willing to let listeners of the Costa Report try their offerings for free. And from time to time, I also take advantage of these free opportunities. And sometimes not for myself. So the other day, my son Matthew, who you've heard me mention on this program many times, stopped by on his way to work, and I noticed there was something different about him. There are things that a mother notices no matter what age your children get to be. Matthew looked so refreshed and well-groomed and healthy that I, I just had to ask him. And when I asked him why he looked differently, he said, I started using the Harry's razors you ordered for me. I use them every day now, Mom. Now, the reason I wanted to share this story with you is because there are some things you cannot tell a person about, like the smooth glide and ultra, ultra close shave you get with a Harry's five-blade razor. These are things you have got to experience firsthand. But once you do, you will join my son and over three million people who have switched to Harry's razors. In fact, Harry's is so confident that you're going, going to love the feel and the look of your next shave. They're offering listeners of the Costa Report a free trial. Just go to harrys.com slash Costa, C-O-S-T-A, to get your ergonomically designed razor handle, five precision blades, not one, five, shaving gel and a blade cover, and all you pay for is shipping. So do it now. That's harrys.com slash Costa to get your free trial razor, blades, gel, and blade cover. Remember to put in that slash Costa, C-O-S-T-A, to get the complete razor kit at no cost. This offer is not going to last long, so jump on your your smartphone, your computer, your tablet. Go to harrys.com slash Costa to get your trial razor. And if you have a son or a husband, a boyfriend who shaves every day, we'll do what I do. And go to harrys.com slash Costa and surprise him. You'll be glad you did. And that's all the time we have this hour. If you haven't checked out my new column on Newsmax, make sure you check it out, as well as my new article on the Fox Opinion page online and the Wall Street Journal's Market Watch site. And one last reminder, my new book, On the Verge, has just hit number one on the new release on Amazon list. So it's flying off the bookshelves, folks. So be sure and grab your copy. And that is it for this hour. Now stay tuned for a second hour of the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 